Welcome to Zichud Avsiman Memory of Ram Goldhar, and today we're Mazekas Psachim Daf Kuf, the 10th parak Arve Psachim. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, continuing the discussion of eating on Erev Shabbos began on Daf Sadi Tezama Beis. The Gemara quotes a Brisa in which Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi debate if someone who began a meal before Mincha on Erev Shabbos is allowed to continue eating after Shabbos begins. Rabbi Yehuda maintains, Mapsikim Shabbosos, we interrupt for Shabbosos, and Rabbi Yossi argues, in Mapsikim, we do not interrupt. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the person must stop the meal, remove the table, and recite Birchaz Amazon. The reason is, is that a meal must be brought to the table for the honor of Shabbos, or because the eating after nightfall would be viewed as an extension of the weekday meal. Tosfos explained that according to Rabbi Yossi, he need not interrupt the meal, for the eating after nightfall is considered one of the Shabbos meals. The Kiddush that would be recited immediately afterward is viewed as having been recited upon that meal. The Gemara relates to Rabbi Shemgamuyo, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yossi were once eating a meal together, when Shabbos began, a discussion ensued about whether they should interrupt the meal or not, and eventually, they did not move from there until they established the halacha according to Rabbi Yossi. Point number two is, We do not bring out the table on which the Friday night meal will be eaten unless one already made Kiddush. And if it was brought out early, he should spread a cloth over it and make Kiddush. Rashmam, citing the Sheiltas, explains that bringing out the table after Kiddush shows that the meal is served in honor of Shabbos and covering the table is like removing it. Tosos note that nowadays where it's customary for everybody to eat together on a large table, it's not practical to bring the table out after Kiddush. Therefore, it's our custom to set the table with chalas before Kiddush, but to cover them until after Kiddush. This is in accordance with the Bryce's ruling that if the bread-laden table was brought out before Kiddush, one must spread a cloth over the bread and recite Kiddush. And point number three, on Daf Tzadik Tes on the base, the Gemara brought a Malchokas between Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yossi regarding beginning a meal during the afternoon on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantav. Here the Gemara cites two brises about this Malchokas. One of these teaches, Shavin She'ein Maschilin, they are in agreement that we may not begin. The second one states, Shavin She'maschilin, they are in agreement that we may begin. So the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yossi agree that we may not begin a meal on Erev Pesach, close to Mincha as the first mission the Perak taught, and they agree that we may begin a meal Erev Shabbos in Yantav before the ninth hour of the day. So once again, the three points are number one. Continuing the discussion of eating on Erev Shabbos, the more quotes of Bryson, which Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi debate, if someone began a meal before Mincha on Erev Shabbos is allowed to continue eating after Shabbos begins. Rabbi Yehuda maintains, Mabsikim with Shabbosos, we interrupt for Shabbosos, and Rabbi Yossi argues, Eim Mabsikim, we do not interrupt. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the person must stop the meal, remove the table, and recite Birchaz Amazon. The reason is, is that a meal must be brought to the table for the honor of Shabbos, or because the eating after nightfall would be viewed as an extension of the weekday meal. Tosos explained that according to Rabbi Yossi, he need not interrupt the meal, for the eating after nightfall is considered one of the Shabbos meals. The Kiddush that would be recited immediately afterward is viewed as having been recited upon that meal. The Gemara relates to Rabbi Shemgamliel, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yossi were once eating a meal together when Shabbos began. A discussion ensued about whether they should interrupt the meal or not, and eventually, They did not move from there until they established the halacha, according to Rabbi Yossi. Point number two, We do not bring out the table on which the Friday night meal will be eaten, unless one already made Kiddush. And if it was brought out early, he should spread a cloth over it and make Kiddush. Rashbam, citing the Sheiltas, explains that bringing out the table after Kiddush shows that the meal is served in honor of Shabbos, and covering the table is like removing it. Tosvos note that nowadays, where it's customary for everybody to eat together on a large table, it's not practical to bring the table out after Kiddush. Therefore, it's our custom to set the table with chalos before Kiddush, but to cover them until after Kiddush. 
This is in accordance with the Brace's ruling that if the bread-laden table was brought out before Kiddush, one must spread a cloth over the bread and recite Kiddush. And pointing with you on Duff, Tzadi Tess on the base, the Gemara brought a Malchogs between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi regarding beginning a meal during the afternoon on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantav. Here, the Gemara cites two Brices about this Malchokas. One of these teaches Shavin She'ein Maschilin. They are in agreement that we may not begin. The second states Shavin She'maschilin. They are in agreement that we may begin. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi agree that we may not begin a meal on Erev Pesach close to Mincha, as the first mission of the Perak taught, and they agree. And they agree that we may begin a meal, Erev Shabbos and Erev Yantav, before the ninth hour of the day. All right, so now we go to Simver Daf Kuf, and our standard simon is monkeys, monkeys. So here goes. The circus monkeys, who were trained to let people continue eating a meal they began before Mincha Erev Shabbos, knew to cover the table with a cloth before Kiddush, and would throw bananas at anyone who tried to start a meal before Mincha Erev Pesach. Once again, it's a motion. The circus monkeys, monkeys, that must mean we're in Daf Kuf. The circus monkeys were trained to let people continue eating a meal they began before Mincha Erev Shabbos, which reminds us as Malchuk's whether somebody began a meal before Mincha on Erev Shabbos is allowed to continue eating after Shabbos begins. Reviewed maintains Mabsikum Shabbosos, we interrupt for Shabbosos, Rabbi Yossi argues, a Mabsikum, we do not interrupt. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the person must stop the meal, remove the table, and recite Birch Zamazon. The reason is that a meal must be brought to the table for the honor of Shabbos, or because the eating after nightfall would be viewed as an extension of the weekday meal. Tosos explained, according to Rabbi Yossi, he need not interrupt the meal, for the eating after nightfall is considered one of the Shabbos meals. The Kiddush that would be recited immediately afterwards is viewed as having been recited upon that meal. The Gemara relates to Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi, were once eating meal together when Shabbos began, a discussion ensued about whether they should interrupt the meal or not, and eventually, they did not move from there until they established the halacha, according to Rabbi Yossi. So the circus monkeys, who were trained to let people continue eating a meal, they began before Mincha of Shabbos, and knew to cover the table with a cloth before Kiddush, which reminds us it was taught in the Bryce that We do not bring out the table on which the Friday night meal will be eaten unless one already made Kiddush. And if it was brought out early, you should spread out a cloth over it and make Kiddush. Rosh Mam, citing the Sheiltas, explains that bringing out the table after Kiddush shows that the meal is served in honor of Shabbos, and covering the table is like removing it. Tosos know that nowadays where it's customary for everybody to eat together on a large table, it's not practical to bring the table out after Kiddush. Therefore, it's our custom to set the table with chalas before Kiddush, but to cover them until after Kiddush. So the circus monkeys, who were trained to let people continue eating a meal they began before Mincha Erev Shabbos, and knew to cover the table with a cloth before Kiddush, would throw bananas at anyone who tried to start a meal before Mincha Erev Pesach. Which reminds us on Daft Tzadi Tesham and Beis, the more brought up machokas between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi regarding beginning a meal during the afternoon on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantav. Here the Gemara cites two prices about this Malchokas. One of them teaches Shavin She'ein Maschilin. They are in agreement that we may not begin. And the second one stated Shavin She'maschilin. They are in agreement that we may begin. And the Gemara explained that Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi agree that we may not begin a meal on Erev Pesach, close to Mincha, as the first mission of the Perak taught. And they agree that we may begin a meal Erev Shabbos and Erev Yantav before the ninth hour of the day. So once again, the circus monkeys were trained to let people continue eating a meal they began before Mincha Erev Shabbos and knew to cover the table with a cloth before Kiddush would throw bananas at anyone who tried to start a meal before Mincha Erev Pesach. All right, now it's time for a four-block back Chazorah. Dav Sadivav. So the similar Dav Sadivav is a town crier. A town crier. So here goes. As the town crier, town crier, that must be more on Dav Sadivav. 
As the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach of Mitzrayim, which reminds us, the next Mishnah stated, Pesach Mitzrayim of Pesach How does the Pesach offering Mitzrayim differ from the Pesach that we brought throughout the generations? So Pesach Mitzrayim was taken on the tenth, it required sprinkling its blood with a bundle of hyssop, and was upon the lintel and upon the two doorposts, and it was eaten bechipazon in haste during one night. And Pesach Doro is no koshiva, whereas the Pesach for generations is observed all seven days. The Gemara then provides the source that the Pesach Mitzrayim has to be designated on the tenth of Nisan, while the Pesach for generations does not. So as the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach of Mitzrayim, and Arl and Ben Necher who were not permitted to participate, which reminds us, the Gemara brings the drushes that exclude an Arl and Ben Necher, an apostate, from bringing a Pesach, and subsequently asks why it was necessary for the Torah to write a prohibition for each one. The Gemara answers that if the Torah had only read an Arl, I might have thought Mishim Demais, because he's physically repugnant, but an apostate is not physically repugnant, and therefore not excluded. And if the Torah had only written the prohibition for a Ben Necher, I might have thought Mishim Demais, because his heart is not directed towards Shemaim. But an Arl, whose heart is directed towards Shemaim, I would say is not disqualified, therefore it was necessary to write them both. So as the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach of Mitzrayim, and Oral and Benecher, who were not permitted to participate, observed the guy who had found his lost Pesach now standing in front of three lambs and looking really confused. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, the Rabbi Yeshua had heard from his teachers that a Tamur of a Pesach is offered as a Shlamim, and had also heard from his teachers that it is not offered as a Shlamim, but he couldn't explain in which case each ruling applied. The Kiva said the teachers were referring to the following case. An animal designated as a pest was lost before the Chag, at which point a second animal was designated as its replacement. The original animal was subsequently found, and the halacha depends on when the animal is found, whether it's before the Shechita of the replacement or after. And then in each case, the owner took a third animal after finding the original Pesach and designated it to be the original Pesach's Tamura, in which case the Tamura acquires the same status as the original. Davit Zain. So the similar Davit Zain is a chess master. So here goes. The chess master, chess master, that must be more enough, Sadi Zion. The chess master who played with five Chattis pieces versus his opponent, who played with five Pesach pieces, which reminds us, Shmuel said, Kosh b'chattis mesa b'pesach karab shlamim. Wherever in a case of a chattis, the din is that the animal is left to die. In the corresponding case of a pesach, the animal is offered as a shlamim. Kosh b'chattis roa. And wherever in the case of a chattis, the din is that the animal is left to graze. In the corresponding case of a pesach, the animal is left to graze. Rabbi Yochanan said that a pesach is not offered up as a shlamim el shenimsa achur shkita unless it's found after the shkita of the replacement. So the chess master who played with five chattis pieces versus his opponent who played with five Pesach pieces was a sore loser and claimed a loss at night is not considered a loss. Which reminds the Gemara taught that a Pesach lost and found before Chatzos is not considered a loss. As Rav said, Aveda's Lila loves Shema Aveda. Lost at night is not considered a loss. Rashi explains that if a Chatzos becomes lost at night and another animal is designated to replace it and then the original animal is found before morning, even Rebbe agrees that it's not consigned to die since nighttime is not a valid time for bringing Karbanas. So the chess master who played with five Chattis pieces versus his opponent who played with five Pesach pieces was a sore loser and claimed a loss at night is not considered a loss and said only when the game goes to noon can this claim be rejected. Which reminds us, the Gemara challenges Shmuel's opinion and concludes that Shmuel only said the first rule that wherever the Chattis is left to die, in the corresponding case of a Pesach, the animal is brought as a Shlamim. The Gemara asks what Shmuel was coming to teach and answers that he meant to exclude Rabbi Yochanan's opinion that a Pesach is not offered up as a Shlamim unless it is found after the Shechita. If it was found before the Shechita of its replacement, even though it was lost at the point of noon, it is left to graze. Alma Shechita Kava. We see that according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's the Shechita of the replacement 
which fixes the status of reject upon the original animal. Shmuel therefore is coming to tell us chatzos kava that it's chatzos which fixes the status upon the animal. Dav tzadiches. So the similar dav tzadiches is clowns. Schok clowns. So here goes the clowns. Clowns. That must mean we're on dav tzadiches. Schok. The clowns of the Cholomoed Pesach Circus had the crowd in stitches as they first attempted to designate a two-year-old female sheep as a Pesach, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Tzadi Zayin Amabay stated, HaMafish Nekevu Epischo Ozachar Ben Shtei Shanim, if someone designates a female animal for his Pesach or a male in his second year, it's left to graze until it develops a blemish, is then sold, and he brings from its money, shlumming neither of these are fit for a Pesach, as the Torah specifies the Zacher ben Shana, a yearling male. Rav Huna Breda Rav Yeshua said, Shema min atras, infer from this ruling three principles. Bali Chaim Nidchim, we can infer that living things can become permanently rejected from the Mizbeach. Dichwi mikar habi dichwi, even if the animal is disqualified from the very first moment of its consecration, such as female or overage animals, it can never again be fit for a sacrifice. And yesh dichwi badami, permanent rejection is possible with something that only has monetary sanctity, and since these animals were unfit, they only have Kedusha's dami, and yet are rejected forever. So the clowns at the Cholmod Pesach Circus had the crowd in stitches as they first attempted to designate a two-year-old female sheep as a Pesach and then pranked one Chabur by putting a Bechor in the mix, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, Nisara Bebechoros, if a Pesach became intermingled with Bechor offerings, Rabbi Shimon says, Im Chaburus Kohanim Yocheu, if the group registered on the Pesach is composed of only Kohanim, they may eat the offerings that night, since the avoda for the Pesach and the Bechor are the same. The Gemara clarifies that Rabbi Shimon holds Mavin Kachim so that one may expose Karbanus to a situation of becoming puzzled. Therefore, it's not a problem that the Bechor, which is typically eaten for two days and one night, will have its time to be eaten reduced and needlessly become Nosar after midnight. So the clowns of the Cholmod Pesach Circus had the crowd in stitches as they first attempted to designate a two-year-old female sheep as a Pesach and then pranked one Chabur by putting a Bechor in the mix while helping a Pesach from another Chabur escape so they could tease the member who was sent out to find it. Which reminds us, the last Mishnah opens Chabur She'avid Pischa, a Chabur that lost its Pesach, and they said to one of the members to go out, find it, and shecht it for us. And he went, found, and shechted it. And meanwhile, they, fearing the animal would not be found in time, bought and slaughtered another animal, the Mishnah goes through the various possibilities of the case, and what the din is, if his was shechted first, or theirs was shechted first, or they don't know whose was shechted first, or they're both shechted at the same time. Dav Tzaditez, so the similar Dav Tzaditez is a cheetah. So here goes. When a cheetah, cheetah, that must mean we're on Dav Tzaditez. When a cheetah suddenly appeared, the entire Chabura withdrew, except for one brave member. Which reminds us, the Gemara suggested that the Mishnah, which allows registering strangers in order to avoid the problem of leaving the Pesach ownerless, is not in accordance with Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that the registrants may continue withdrawing from the Pesach and diminishing the number of people registered on it, provided that one of the original group remains registered. Rabbi Yochanan answered that you can even say that the Mishnah does accord with Rabbi Yehuda, since Rabbi Yehuda said, in Shochin is a Pesach al Yachid. We do not shech the Pesach for a single individual. Therefore, in the case of the Mishnah, when there's only one person being registered on it, there stands to be another person registered on it together with the original person, Uke Echem and therefore the newcomer is like one of the original members of the group. So when a cheetah suddenly appeared, the entire Chabura withdrew, except for one brave member, who developed quite an appetite, Arab Pesach, which reminds us the first mission, the 10th Barak states, on Arab Pesach from close to Mincha, one may not eat until nightfall. And Rosh Mom explains that not eating then will enable a person to eat the matzah at night with an appetite. The Gemara asks why our mission implies that this halach is specific to Arab Pesach, but Bryce teaches that according to Behuda, that one may not eat after Mincha on any Arab Shabbos or Yantav. Ravuna answers that our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who generally permits eating on Erev Shabbos and Yantav. 
So when a cheetah suddenly appeared, the entire Chabur withdrew, except for one brave member, who developed quite an appetite ere Pesach, while on the lookout for an Ani, he could give four cups of wine and a recliner too. Which reminds that the Mishnah states, And even the poorest man in Yisrael may not eat until he reclines, and they must not give him less than four cups of wine, and this is so even if he supported from the Tamchui. The Rashbam explains that it's incumbent on the community to ensure that the poor can fulfill this Rabban Mitzvah. In the event that the Gabbai stuck and neglected or were unable to give them wine, the paupers must do their utmost to fulfill the Mitzvah, even to the point of selling their clothing, borrowing, or hiring themselves out. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus... Three bonus questions from Masechus Baruch Shabbos Nervin. Number one. We should have to learn how Rabbi Akiva clarified the two cases of the Tamuras of Pesach. That's on Duff. Tzadivav. Good. Number two. We should have to learn if someone designates a female or a male in the second year as a Pesach, it's left to grace until it develops a moon, then is sold, and the money is used for a shlami. That's on Duff. Tzadiches. Good. Number three. Which Dafti Melchus from Yehudim Rabbi Yossi, whether one must interrupt the meal he began every Shabbos when Shabbos begins? That's on Daf. Kuf. Good. Number four. Which Dafti Melchus time to come Rabbi whether a Pesach Sheni is Docha Tuma or not? That's on Daf. Sadi Hey. Good. Number five. Which Dafti learn the differences between Pesach Mitzrayim and Pesach Doros? That's on Daf. Good. Number six. Which daf do we regarding which is conveyed the status of a reject upon the original animal, chatzos or the shechita? That's on daf. design. Good. Number seven. Which daf do we that on every pesach close and mincha one may not eat in order to develop an appetite to eat the matzah? That's on daf. test. Good. Number eight. Which daf do we the review holds that when members of a chabura are withdrawn from a pesach, they must leave one of the original members on it? That's on daf. Study test. Good number nine. Which stuff do you learn that Rehuda and Rehuda agree that we may not begin a meal close to Mincha on Erev Pesach, but agree that one can on Erev Shabbos and Erev Yanta before the ninth hour of the day? That's on Duff. Kuf, good. And number ten. Which stuff do we have the long mission detailing all the cases where the Chaburah loses as Pesach and they send one of the members out to find it? That's on Duff. Study test. Good. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which stuff do you learn about Kol Isha? That's on Duff. Chavdalot and Brachos. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we discuss? Who's considered a Yisrael Mumar? That's on Duff. Samach and Erevin. Good. And number three. Which stuff do we learn about the Shi'urim for kosher and non-kosher locusts? That's on Duff. Sadi and Shabbos. Excellent. All right. That concludes the Bob Quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.